it is Heart Me, the podcast designed to motivate and educate and get to the healthy heart of you. This is episode three, and I am so delighted to introduce Jim Spellows. And he, oh, there's so much to say about him, but again, I'm going to make a quick, short introduction. He is the owner of Meeting You. He's been a professor at NYU in the continuing education program, teaching meeting technology for over 25 years. And coincidentally, I was one of his students 17 years ago. Welcome, Jen. <laughs> yes, we're so young. We were babies. It's right? kind of been that long ago. No, wait a minute. Well, Thanks you know, I, uh, it, it's so interesting because um, I actually took that class after September 11th when I changed careers. I was in human resources as a recruiter and I wanted to become a meeting planner. So I took the certificate program like many of us in this area um, who've taken it. And I know I had some people tell me that they were your students too mm -hmm. uh, after we had our intro. So I uh, took your class, loved it, got into the industry. 17 years later, we are here again and I do have to say, I've seen you speak at a lot of local chapter events. Like I said, you're the guru of meetings technology. You've been around and the you two You're making me feel old. Wait a minute. No, 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 not at all. But the two of us now are back together because of our health issues. Yeah. And it's just so, you know, um, inspiring that I was able to reconnect with you and again, I have to thank Joanne Dennison. Uh, for those people who don't know, I'm studying for my CMP. So that's just adding pressure for me <laughs> to be able to pass it. Um, but I'm studying for my CMP and Joanne mentioned your name. And I said, Jim, let me reach out to him so he could help me with my podcast, not knowing you had the issue. And we just got into the conversation of how you had your stroke. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing how our paths actually join together. 20, nearly 20 years later. So I'll tell you a story. Let me tell you the story because, you know, you don't think about it. You, you do everything that you do, especially in the hospitality industry. We're able to do a lot of everything. You know, we're traveling, we're, we're all stressed out, we're eating, we're not doing things for our lifestyle, and you don't expect it to happen at all. Fast forward, or in this case, move back to uh, December 19th, 2016. Just before Christmas, getting ready for the holidays, I did a lot of charity work with Rock and Wrap It Up. I was actually about to go down uh, to an event where we were doing gift wrapping. And I, I felt weird, Jennifer, it's the only way to, just, to explain it, that I'm about to get into my car and I felt strange. I, I can't put my finger on it. I ignored it because I got into the car, backed out of the driveway, and as I'm driving down the street, I realized something weird. I didn't have control of the right side of my body. It had gone paralyzed, numb, uh, which is very difficult when you're driving a car, by the way. It's not something <laughs> I recommend at all. And was able to, using my left foot, I have to really think about this, um, slam on the brake, pull aside. Because I had the left side of my body, I was able to actually contact my wife and we contacted EMS. We don't know what's going on. So I'm waiting for everyone to arrive. I'm literally sitting in the car, but I figure, well, I don't know, let me get out of the car. And so I decide to get out of the car and open the car door and I take one step out and bam, I hit the button because I don't have any control over my body. Did now you know I, it was a stroke? Like, did you? No, had no idea what it was. You know, I, 
you don't know, and I don't think anybody who's had it, who hasn't had a stroke understands what it can be like and how different strokes can be. Right. But essentially, I needed somebody to stop on the road to help me get out, get back into the car. My wife arrived, our neighbors arrived, EMS arrives. They take me right to the hospital, North Shore Hospital, which we later find out is one of the leading stroke research hospitals in the country. Oh, that's awesome. And they diagnosed me pretty much right away. They put me, I think, in a CAT scan. Again, a lot of this is blurry at that point. But essentially, they said, okay, um, there's a drug. It's called a uh, TPA, tissue plasminogen activator. And essentially, for people who've had strokes, um, in about 40% of the cases, what it'll do is prevent the stroke and any of the problems from further moving around your body. So it's not bad. It'll, what about the rest? They said, well, 50%. It's, it's placebo. Nothing's going to happen. Now, I still have my faculties at this point. There's still 10% of this conversation that's missing. So I asked the doctor, I said, what about the other 10%? And they said, you'll hemorrhage and die immediately. Do you want the drug? Wow. Wow. Was, was your face paralyzed besides it was just your, from your arms down and your legs? Yeah, you know, there are so many different ways strokes can affect people. And I think people expect that sort of palsy approach where the face. That's really, what I'm thinking, yeah. My voice wasn't affected. My mind wasn't affected. That's for the good or the bad to be discussed at another time, obviously. But it was the right side. So when they gave me the drug, you have to lay still for 24 hours. Big deal. I am essentially non-movable anyway. Right. And the next morning, cardiologists, neurologists came in. They had diagnosed it, an ischemic stroke. An ischemic stroke is when one of the arteries leading away from the heart up to the brain clogs. Why? We'll get into that later. But it actually cuts off blood to the brain, and you lose part of your brain. I mean, literally, you, you've lost an area. I, although I'll never admit to the stroke being a good stroke, as people put it, I'm very lucky. Because when you go into rehab, when you start rehabbing and seeing other people who've had strokes, you see what really happens. I mean, what I had was something that was readjustable. The plasticity of the brain is enormous and how can we learn how to do things? But you see people lose their voice, lose their ability to think, lose their ability to see. Right. You know, what I had was a very focused, very fortunate part on the, when you hit the right, the correct side, the left side right. of my body that affected the right arm, right leg. Um, and it took lying in intensive care for four days and then going into rehab to relearn, to teach my right side again how to work. Now, I'm fortunate, you know, first of all, I had amazing support with my wife. I mean, you can't do anything like this alone. As we'll get into your story as well. But I also, as a musician outside of what I do, they kept saying, start playing piano, guitar, because that work, that motor skill work is going to be such a huge part of the rehab. Um, now, I'm going to fast forward the story because otherwise this is going to be a four hour. I just have a question. Sure. For people who are listening, who might experience something, just kind of be aware of some of the signs. Did yeah, you pain? Mm -hmm. Were you in pain at all? Zero. Zero pain, zero anything, left side numb. I, I would say that anytime you have anything that you can't physically put into um, words, you can't say I'm hurting and my, my heart's not pounding. You know, stroke's a very quick thing that you can think about. And essentially, if you're having a stroke, the critical thing to do is get to a hospital immediately because this drug TPA has shown time and time again the ability to be able to make sure that the stroke doesn't manifest because it's a clot. So obviously the blood's having a hard time getting to the brain. 
you don't want that spreading anywhere else. And this is layman's terms. I'm obviously not a doctor. The essence. No, I, I totally hear that. I get it. You know, now, now fast forward a year later, as I've gotten better, and I start even taking off more and more weight. And we'll talk about that too. <clears throat> then I'm working out at an event, and all of a sudden I feel shortness of breath. And I don't know. I have an amazing cardiologist. We went into him. He goes, look, you're doing great. This is not cardio, but let's do all the tests. He's been testing me every three months. And the last test, the nuclear stress test, he called me in his office and said, you're going to the emergency room right away. I said, what's up? Wow. He said, have you heard of the Widowmaker? And I go, no, but it doesn't sound good to begin with. Exactly. He said, you, ha you have significant blockage in the Widowmaker, which is one of the arteries to the heart or veins to the heart. And that goes, you're dead. So many people so, die from that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the next day, next morning, I'm in the emergency room. I'm waiting 15 hours. They literally take um, and they see not only that I have blockage, I have 99% blockage on the left side and 80% on the right side. And I'm literally lying in the operating room. I'm awake and I'm hearing the doctor say this. And he goes, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to take care of them both right now. I said, doc, I'm not going anywhere. I said, do what you need to do. Right. And literally within 15 minutes, he had put a stent on the left side, a stent on the right side. I'm in recovery. I'm one lucky guy. Twice, yeah. right? Not once. Twice. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to try the everything happens in threes <laughs> thing. Although I had broken my arm six months earlier, so I'm counting that as the third of this of this <laughs> trinity. But the, wait, aren't you supposed to have nine lives? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, I don't want to waste any more than I already have. You know. Exactly. Now, now, the reason we connected is because I'm not the only one of this couple right here that's had health issues. And I know you have the podcast, this is your podcast, but for the people who are new, why don't you share a little bit what happened to you? Sure, sure. So um, I think my age really is what uh, surprised me. 46 years old, I'm sorry, 47 years old at the time. Yes, I was overweight. Yes, I didn't take care of myself. And we can get into that, as we said, right? Like what we did to ourselves. So I take full responsibility of, of what I've done. So at my son's eighth birthday party, we were at the movies. It was one of those movie parties. Um, that day, I just felt very anxious and I felt fine. I was just, you know, trying to hurry up, get things done. And while we were cutting cake, we had just finished singing happy birthday and cutting cake. I didn't feel right. And I, and I, I felt nauseous and we had just went to the restaurant. So I, in my mind, immediately I'm like food poisoning. Right, so I go to the bathroom, I had diarrhea, I vomited, and I felt so lightheaded that I knew something was wrong with my body. No pain, no pain, no chest pain. People ask me like, you know, typical symptoms for women is uh, pain in their jaw, none of that. And the ambulance came, luckily it was really close. They came, they took me into the emergency room and they did an EKG. And I, I joke about this part, but you know, when you go to the emergency room, you're there for hours, you wait and wait and wait. The ER doctor came in like probably within five minutes and she's like, we can't take care of you, you know, at this facility, we have to transfer you somewhere else. So I was expecting to go by ambulance, right? No, they're like the, the helicopter, the telemedic is gonna, a helimedic is gonna come and get you. And I was like, what? Yeah, so it was scary, but at the same time, I was so, um, I was scared. Let, let me be honest. I was so, <clears throat> but I was, I was sort of excited because I've always wanted to go on a helicopter ride. 
Yeah, so that's the big joke, right? I have a list of 50 things I want to do before I turn 50. Um, and I, I think my- dying, dying wasn't one of them, was it? No, of course Good. not. Okay, for sure. Oh, no. Helicopter, check, I got that one, right? Um, so we went by helicopter. I live in New Jersey. So just, it was from Sea Caucus to Hackensack and that view of New York City was so awesome. And I just focused on the lights of New York and I didn't know what was gonna happen. So when, when I finally got there, I think what amazed me was that they called ahead. So the whole cardiac team was waiting for me. And it was that serious because my cardiologist said to my sister, what took you guys so long, right? Like to me, it, it, and I guess they prepped me, we were waiting for the helicopter to get there. And that's why I said time is of the essence, right? Because they were able to like, um, I know they gave me morphine and I'm guessing to just calm my nerves because I know my, my blood pressure must have been through the roof. Um, so they wheeled me, I mean, actually before wheeling me in, I just remember hearing a couple of doctors come over and one of them um, asked my sister if I have a living will. And yeah, I was just, I, I was like, I'm too young for this, right? So said that, I same cardiologist came over and I said, am I gonna have to have open heart surgery? And people who know my dad know like a couple of years back, he had open heart surgery. So same hospital. So I was just, you know, terrified and almost like traumatized over that. And um, he said, we won't know. We won't know because we have to go in and see what was going on. So they were doing an angioplasty on me to kind of see what was going on. They had told me they were going to go through my wrist. But as they wheeled me in and, and they were prepping me, I went into cardiac arrest. Yeah, so I didn't know it. I felt people have asked me like, Jen, how did it feel? And I, I'm gonna joke and say, it felt like it was in the movies. Like, you, I just felt like I was drowning. I saw white light, but it was probably from like the operating, you know, tables. But, you know, yes, I saw white light. And I just, I just felt like, like, where am I? What's going, you know, like, it was like I was in a sleep state, drowning, not know what's going on. And apparently it happened twice. And they went in through my groin. I had two blocked arteries. One at 99%, the other one at um, 98%. And they opened me up and, you know, I went to the room. I'm sorry, I, people know that I get emotional about this because I just, I can't believe, you know. That happened I to it. you. I mean, yeah, that's, I know. This, is not, this is not stuff that you, you can feel unemotional. And I think what people don't realize <clears throat> is that the emotional trauma lasts forever. Yes. You know, and, and that's if I was to say one of the things I wanted to hear people hear about this is that you don't forget that happened. No, and you know what? For me, the biggest um, thing was that night, Jim, I did not sleep. I went into my room. The doctor didn't come until the next morning, but that night my family came, they left. I didn't sleep. I literally did not sleep. I was in shock. And I wanted to ask you, how did you feel? But I was in shock. I was like, I couldn't believe this happened to me. I've just added this to my my life story, right? Of like yeah. almost dying at 47 years old. It's crazy. And um, what was crazy also is that when I went home, the anxiety that I had, and I don't know if you had anxiety, but for at least I would say a month, I was afraid. I was afraid. I had dreams that my stent came out of my mouth and I actually called my doctor to ask him, can wow. the stent come out? No, I'm serious. Like I had so much anxiety. My first doctor's appointment, 
I, I practically had a, a panic attack. Understood um, completely. I mean, that's... And people don't talk about that stuff, you know? And, and it's sort of like what you go through mentally after a, a life-threatening event. I think a lot of people don't discuss that. But how did you feel after you were done? You, well, it, stages. I mean, the first couple of days, anger, you know? Oh. You know, it's like, why? But that went pretty quickly. Again, I had such great support. Um, and I also knew from the cardiologist, who is still my cardiologist to this day, and the neurologist, that this type of stroke is a lucky stroke. Mm. Again, as much as I hate that term, it is. And they knew that they said, if you do the work, you're going to be okay. Now, the question that they couldn't answer is, how did it happen? You know, and they, the test that I've been through over six months, uh, the six months after that, everything. And you know, just checking the boxes. Nope, not that. Nope, not that. Nope, not that. One thing that was consistent was high blood pressure. Mm. And when I was in the hospital six months earlier, when I broke my arm and then speaking at event, you know, this, this meeting industry is a dangerous thing. But when I had the, the elbow broken, um, my blood pressure, they almost wouldn't let me out of the emergency room because my blood pressure was like 210 over 120. But I kept saying, that's you know, panic right now. That's not what my blood pressure is. When I went to the doctor a couple of weeks later, it was 150 over 75, which is clearly on the high side, not as high as I've heard some people, but it's pretty clear to me and the cardiologist that if there was a reason for it, it was all the fat that mm -hmm. I had on my body mm -hmm. and that triggered a higher blood pressure, which did a lot of damage to the epithelial cells which created a clot. I mean, all the fat that we eat in our diet clogs that up. And I don't care what anybody says about fat not being good for you. Bull, bull, I can't say that word in this podcast, right? It's not true. How much did you weigh during that time? Because I really have to show well, everyone your before and after photos. Yeah, well, you know, when I, start, when I started the journey of trying to really get healthy seriously, I was 282 pounds. Uh, on the scale this morning, I was 175. Okay. So, and, and I was about 250 at the point of the stroke. So since that, I, I lost a good 40 pounds. And actually this year, since COVID, and that's another story for another time, <laughs> I lost another 40 pounds. That's um, awesome. Which, but, you know, there's so many different components to this. And one thing I think we both want to get into is what impact the industry that we love had to do with our health. Yeah. And I, I want people to be clear, this is not a blame situation at all. We both take full responsibility or mm -hmm. complete responsibility. Mm -hmm. But we're in an industry that promulgates bad health. Yes. Stress, and food. Absolutely. Stress. I worked from home uh, maybe 15 years now. So my fault, I wouldn't get up. I could mm -hmm. sit at my desk because I'm working and I'm in sales and I just want to, you know, respond to clients. I would sit in my chair for hours, hours. And, yeah. and not just like hours for one day, it could be for months, months at a time that I was just sitting there for hours. How many times, and I know you, your travel schedule is more than, than mine, but waking up early for those early flights, when you're at a conference, you're waking up early, you're going to bed late, you're going to those receptions and having good food and, and again, I was not thinking about what it was doing to me. I was doing my job. This is what I do. I entertain clients and, you know, and, and I love it. I love what I do, but you know what I didn't do? Make the right choices. And I know I sound like the typical mom right now, like make the right choices. But if you think back, I know where I went wrong. I know that I let yeah. myself go. 
I packed sneakers. How many trips did I pack sneakers and did not use them? Brought workout clothes. It went with me and came right back and I never used them. You know, it's funny because you say you love your clients and I love all the people that I teach, but we have to love ourselves first. Yeah. And we have to understand that priority is so critical. The other thing that I've learned, and I've been doing an awful lot of reading and focusing on health over the past four plus years, it's almost four years since the stroke, um, is that the exercise is nice and people think it's critical for weight loss, but it's not. It's critical for tone and body shape. What's critical for weight loss is food. Yes. It's a lifestyle choice. And I know people will argue this. I know people will go, well, no, I, I, no, just stop what you think you know and stop what you hear on Oprah or what you hear in a social media, media channel. Garbage in, garbage out. And, and Jim, I'm going interrupt you because there's so many people who have heart issues who are mm -hmm. thin. Yeah. So it's not yeah. about the weight. And you're right. It's not about the weight. It's the fats that they're eating. It's just, yeah. like you said, garbage in, garbage out. So can you tell us what you're doing now in terms of your lifestyle and eating and, and what you adopted? A year or two before the stroke, we had uh, started to move toward a, a vegan diet. It was vegan before six. And the whole idea of it was put more plants in your day, you'll be healthier, which probably saved my life twice because it got me that much healthier. But the commitment to go fully, and I'm not going to call it vegan, I'm going to call it whole food plant-based, happened in stages. But after the stroke, when my doctor would tell me things like, oh yeah, you'll probably have another stroke in a couple of years, and 95% of the people don't do the follow-up things, and I'm stubborn old blank and blank. I go, no way am I not going to follow this, not only fully, but find out what my doctor doesn't even know. And that's where the nutrition and lifestyle conversation comes in. So for me, all the years that I was traveling, I was, work, I was working at five in the morning. I was, thought I was doing everything fine. And then you eat what you eat. And right. the diligence in being able to eat the proper foods. And again, so, so people are clear what I eat, whole food, plant-based, uh, vegetables, fruits, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, no animal protein, no dairy, both of those. And if you want to argue with anyone, no, no, none. Got that's a cholesterol bomb waiting to happen. I got to be more careful maybe than other people. But, you know, I'll tell you something, I know it just sounds weird. We've been called by some of our friends that we've done extreme stuff. Now, I've been called this by somebody who actually had their stomach stapled together. And, you know, my mom always says the pot calling the kettle black. You know, I go, how do you call us extreme in terms of a, a proper diet that's healthy when there are people who are out there who are doing, you know, medical and surgical approaches and still not able to keep it off because the only approach is not dieting, it's lifestyle change, mm -hmm. you know? And I, yeah, I do work out 90 minutes a day. I do meditate uh, every day, five days a week at least. We walk three to four miles a day, you know, and how we eat. So all that obviously adds up, but... I'm having too much fun. I don't want to. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I follow you on Facebook, and I did see the vegan sushi you guys made. Oh, and that's it, great. It, it's amazing stuff. You know, I'm actually doing a lot of volunteer work now for an organization called Plant Powered Metro New York, which supports people in their journey. And guess what? Everybody's on a different stage of that journey. You know, it's not as if I want to preach to anyone this is how you have to eat. Right. But at the same token, as you start moving steps toward a healthier eating approach that's scientifically proven, you know, you're going to probably end up with fewer and fewer medical situations and have not only a longer life, but a longer quality of life. Yeah, you know, and, and I, for 
for your heart, but it's diabetes. There's so many other chronic illnesses that it's going to help with. So I, I totally get it. It, it. It's amazing. And I know from your, from our conversations, your perspective, the journey's tough. You know, it's tough sticking to the right approach. You have kids. That makes it more difficult as well. What are you doing to be able to keep moving forward, keep moving your health toward a more optimum state? Thank you for asking that. So, um, and I want to be that model for people just like me, either in my age category, just women, single moms, you know, I, there's that whole litany of, of um, you know, lists that I fall into. Yep. And I really just wanted to help people is in the past, I've been that yo-yo dieter. I've tried everything. I tried Atkins and then you stop. You go to the gym, gain, you know, had my gym, um, membership went for a while lost some weight looked good and i fell right back so this time i'm trying to do it as healthy as possible i do have to tell you that you've inspired me with the plant-based um the other thing is when i had the heart attack so many people gave me advice jen watch game changers you know here's this list and do that and you know what all of it came in my sister, and I talk about my sister a lot, but she's fit. She's told me for years, Jen, eat better. Stop drinking soda. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. And it's not until you have that aha moment. And for me, it was that major wake-up call, you know, to say, make this change. So for me, it, it uh, rehab, cardiac rehab, which I never knew existed. I had no idea that was even a thing. Yep. That helped me um, educate me on the nutrition side, yeah. the exercise. I've been, you know, doing that. And I'm proud to say I'm doing a 5K next next Thursday, my mm -hmm. first 5K. Even if I'm last, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> last doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. You know, the, the thing with all that you're doing is every step you're doing is moving something in the right direction. The yeah. question I think that's out there for a lot of folks is, you know, right, people talk about the COVID-20 at this point, almost on, on a humorous level, which I don't like at all. Because I, I have such respect for all the healthcare folks who are out there who saved our lives and are saving thousands, hundreds of thousands of people's lives. But the fact of the matter is that people are gaining weight now. Yeah. And if you're gaining weight when you have more control over your time, you got, you got to think about now is the time to start really focusing on those single healthy choices. And you know, if you don't want to go whole food plant-based, you know, do a meatless month. You know, do something where you eat smaller portions, get the sodas, get the sugar, get the, all that saturated fat as much out of your diet as possible. Start walking. Which, pick one, pick two, pick 14, doesn't matter to me. But I think that's a really important part and in our industry. Now, I remember going to a couple of receptions, post-stroke, post-heart issue, but before COVID, where we were sort of the pariahs, me and maybe two of other, three other people eating from the, where they have greens and mushroom stuff. And everyone comes up and says, well, well, this is really good. I go, I'm sure it is. I said, the bottom line is, I'm not throwing away all the stuff that I ate as a, yeah. as a kid and an adult. That was delicious. And if it was healthy, I'd still be eating it. <laughs>there you have it my interview with jim spellos thank you so much for listening if you want to reach out to jim directly you could find him on linkedin under jim spellos or via email at jspellos at meeting you.com he can answer any questions give you some information and also tell you about his availability for speaking engagements thank you again and as always remember to take care of your heart